You are way too kind. Uh, well, today I'm not flying anywhere. Uh, it's tomorrow. <laughs> no, uh, tomorrow I fly to Omaha. Right. Okay. So just going to yep. go give Warren Buffett some advice, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, he, he, he's going he's gonna to talk to me about some stuff. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, something about, I think it was you and Forrest Gump that mentioned he should invest in a fruit company. Yeah. Well, life is nothing but a box of chocolates. <laughs> so, if you got your box of chocolates, then maybe you'll have some fruit too. I know that's what the Apple Man said. So, tell me, yeah. how's how's the missus? She's doing great. She's doing yeah. great. Looking yeah. forward to our looking forward to our Omaha trip because we get to see her brother and his family. So, uh, uh, that's that's going to be pretty cool. We hadn't seen them in a long time, and you know, since uh, they're their house is like nine miles from the venue for the conference where I'm speaking. It's like that's closer okay. than the Holiday Inn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're going to spend a few extra days with them. I can't spend too many more days. I got to turn around on Wednesday and uh, uh, drive out to Fort Bragg for uh, TechNet, where I'm speaking next Thursday. All right. So tell me about TechNet. What's what's going on? That's a Fort Bragg, obviously. Uh, yes, sir. Very, well, it's actually red. Yes, sir. Uh, it, it's Red Springs, but not as many people know where Red Springs is as know where Fort Bragg is. Well, we don't uh, want yeah. to give away any logistical advantage to any of the adversaries of the country. So, Amen to that. Yeah, yeah. Still, yeah. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, TechNet is um, uh, is sponsored by uh, Fort Bragg Military Institu- Institution Installation. And um, it's uh, it's technical, uh, technical. That's real good. Uh, cybersecurity um, of actionable data for uh, for military applications, uh, for uh, military contractors, for uh, high level um, uh, military officials. There's a bunch of generals that are going to be making keynotes, and so it's, it's going to so be a lot of fun. There's so, a, there's a drone. So you've been to- invited to attend the general session. Yeah, I've been well. I've been invited to attend the whole thing, but I'm um, speaking in one of the uh, uh, speaking in one of the uh, the breakouts. Oh, yeah, <laughs> boom. Yeah, I'm a little slow uh, <laughs> sometimes. What's really cool? There's a uh, build a drone, build a drone, fly a drone, hack a drone hackathon is part of the um, is part of the part of the conference, which is pretty cool. I, it's just amazing how these things have took off. I I remember. Many years ago, I don't want to date myself, but it's old. And uh, there, there was the editor of Wired magazine. He was out in Dubai, and he was talking about you know the latest investment that their company had just made, which was drones. And I'm talking at least 15 years ago, and and he was saying that their CEO was 19 years old, which is an eternity in company. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to like figure this out. You know, like I'm not too interested to be honest. I think. 
that's where I got off the bus. And then I was involved in startup mentoring out in that region uh, five years later. And, you know, I'd go to each startup camp and I'd say, okay, what, you know, they'd, they'd give me like a mini pitch. I'd help them put together their, their elevator pitch, which I eventually made a microwave pitch. And this guy was talking to me about, yeah, we're going to get drones and we're going to fly them on the Burj Khalifa, the tallest pillar of the world. And we're going to let people access their computer <laughs> from all over the world and they can fly the drone themselves. It'll be interactive. And a lot of, I was going, are you kidding me? And of course, all this stuff works, you know, it's all amazing. Now you're saying it's not build a bear anymore. It's build a drone. Oh my God. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, you know, and, 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 and all the amazing things that they can do with them, you know. So, I mean, I have one. I mean, you know, it's not that complicated. It's not a, that sophisticated or anything. But uh, so, so yeah, if I need you, to inspect my use, chimney. <laughs> what do you use yours for? Do you use it just to, to spy on the neighbors a little bit? Or like, I know. Like a, like a modern day Miss Kravitz? Like, what's going on over there? Oh, good heavens. Miss Kravitz from Bewitched. Wow. Now we are dating ourselves, aren't well, we? Well, she was looking out the window awful lot. You know, she's yeah, yeah, she was. <laughs> so right. isn't, that, isn't that your space, Joe? I mean, no, 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 no. It's actually, it's actually in the box. <laughs> so I don't get to use it that often. Yeah. The, the idea was to hook it up to the, you know, my phone and the little camera that it's got on it and fly it up uh, on the on the roof to check out and make sure that uh, there aren't any problems you know whatever leaks whatever damage whenever there's a storm and that kind of thing i gotta get into this now hang on a second first of all i want anybody who's ever listening watching this to know how much i really do uh, appreciate you as a friend uh, as a fellow speaker as someone whom i admire and who's someone who has an expertise that I don't pretend to, couldn't claim to, and therefore bow down and say, we're just not worthy, Dr. Joe. You're the, you're the cyber guy. You're, you're the guy who's got all this information about big data and all this stuff. So here's my question. Yes, sir. If Steven Spielberg knocked on your door this morning and said, Dr. Joe, we're just trying to think about some kind of a scenario whereby we can come up with a movie script and we, our guys have writer's block. And, you know, we want it to be like, you know, world, a world dominance kind of thing, or somebody's trying to infiltrate something. What could you give us? Where are the threats? Where, where are the threats that we should look at to help build this scenario? Go. Well, so I would say uh, look in places where you least expect there to be a threat, because that's that's where you're going to find it, where you least where you least expect it. The enemy is going to attack in ways and in areas and with tactics that will attempt to totally throw you off guard. You know, you wouldn't expect, for instance, your your power plant, the the control systems for your switches that are running on something that your your phone has more memory on it than they do. Your microwave has greater computing power or, or whatnot. And the things, the areas that are the least hardened, the ones that have um, default passwords still on them or even no password at all because you know you expect a frontal attack you expect that uh, 
uh, someone's going to go after military installation or, or whatever, you don't expect somebody to be interested in the the control switches of your power grid or the um, the shutoff valves of your water system or whatever whatever the case might be. And you know, that's if I were an enemy and I were wanting to attack someone, that's that's what I would go for is the go in the areas where you least expect it. And I suppose maybe a scenario might be you turn on your water faucet and they're going to flood the happens. ladies' bathroom. That's what they're going <laughs> to. Yeah, right. yeah, now go. we know, and it's going to happen in a mall where you least expect it. From yeah, the third floor, it's going to come cascading down. I get it now. Yeah, that's going to be a big drum. Listen seriously. I mean, what could go wrong? Murphy's law: anything that can go wrong will. You know, the the perfect storm, the worst. Worst case scenario, first responders are coming to figure out what's going on and their um, uh, their engines won't start because some EM pulse was was. There you go. Out. So, I mean, I was reading this book a million years ago. It was right after I said <laughs> goodnight to the last dinosaur. And right. <laughs> and, and it was all about another country using electromagnetic pulse to shut everything down on the grid. This was mm-hmm. you know, over 30 years ago, so we didn't even know what this word was. I mean, grid for us was either a part of the kitchen where you made your waffles or uh, the, there's somebody trying to describe what a football field looks like, the gridiron. So right. Either, right. we didn't know grid was all this. So, yeah, so the, electric, so the electromagnetic pulse, is that a threat today? I think it can be, yeah, because, you know, if, if your electronics aren't hardened against such an attack, then your cell phone stops working, your yeah, the, the TV stops working, the, the electronics in, in many of our cars, you know, the, uh, Airplanes? the computer that control and planes, all, all kinds of public transit that, uh, that depend upon these devices that we're using for uh, fuel flow and throttle control and all the solenoids and things, you know, forget stupid mechanical linkages. Let's do fly by wire, which is awesome and great. You know, you get better response and more efficiency and fewer pieces, parts to have to keep track of. But then again, that, uh, you know, once that uh, EMP goes through them and the circuits are fried and you're not, you know, your refrigerator, your microwave, your washer and dryer, even now, my wife and I got a new washer and dryer after 37 years. The one that we had before lasted all that long, not quite 30, 34, so whatever. You had 70 yeah. so, years of chilled food together, Joe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, this, this new washer and dryer, you know, will send me an email when it's done. Wonderful convenience. But then again, you know, what happens when the circuit board gets fried, you know, you, you, you can't wash your clothes. You can't dry your clothes, your fridge. If it's a internet capable fridge, you know, that circuit board's fried and you know, your food spoils. I mean, you know, the, the, the little bitty things are things that you consider to be little bitty that uh, are, I don't know, some would consider to be soft targets, you know, take that stuff out and make some major inconvenience. And what do you do? You disrupt the fabric of society. You disrupt people's routines. You you get them panicking and wondering, well, if this can happen, I wonder what else. And, you know, fear is a great weapon in the hand of an enemy to misdirect where their real intent might be and to, you know, either lull people into a false sense of security or badger them into a false sense of panic, you know, uh, and that's where the where the real danger is. Well, ignorance is bliss. I mean, I 
Yeah. I went to sleep last night. I wasn't thinking of any of this. All, all, all respect. I suppose. No, neither was I. <laughs> I. I suppose that, but you are, you are in conversations. You are having conversations around the country, big corporations, government installations, in major cities, in, in think tanks, whereby you are discussing not maybe this particular topic, but other similar topics where your field of expertise is being called upon to, to add a voice and to add some, some uh, perspective into these potential threats that we call the cybersecurity issues, correct? There are those that are much better suited and qualified than I to uh, speak to those things. But, but yeah, I mean, called upon to talk about data, the importance of the actionability of data and uh, the protection of data and the the correct reporting of data and that sort of thing. So you can never be too careful. No, no, I get you. And well, Dr. Joe, I mean, here's the thing. I, I've asked you to just talk about a scenario because I asked Steven Spielberg knocked on your door. But in your everyday life, of course, you're not dealing with the threats of all these um, fantasy novels. You're you're actually doing critical and analysis on the interpretation of data and how that data can be read. Speak about the importance of that for us. Sure. So yeah, it is it is really important. Yeah, the data to be, as you say, data to be interpreted, data to be read or misinterpreted or misread. Okay. Because, you know, people allow the when they have their data, they allow this data or they leverage the data that they that they're gathering to make their decisions, okay, to drive their their processes in, in their work. And if the data is interpreted incorrectly, or if it is reported on incorrectly, or if it's arranged in such a way that can lead these decision makers to an incorrect decision or a misguided decision or a misdirected decision, what's going to happen? Well, when they take action upon those decisions that they've made based on the data that they've received, then the consequences to those decisions that they've made with the data are not going to be what they intended. And so, you know, the the importance of ensuring that the data is reported correctly, that it is not being, you know, people are not being misled, that they're not taking red herrings as though they were the gospel truth or whatnot. People need to understand that right decisions are based on right data, and the right data is based on a right preparation of the data, the gathering phase, and the summation, and the tabulation and all that, all that sort of stuff. But even with all that, you zoom in on a scale or you only look at three years out of a whole 10-year period of time when you're trying to establish some kind of trend. And you, you, know, you see a dip in the trend and you, and you zoom in on that dip and you present misleading data, not seeing that, that you, know, you come out of that dip later on or whatever, or something that looks like it's on an incline, but there's a dip coming later and you just focus on the incline. You know, again, that's going to lead decision makers to make misinformed decisions, decisions that are misinformed at best or disastrous at worst. The consequences are things that that you can't possibly foresee. And so that's why the importance of ensuring that the data is gathered and summarized and tabulated and so forth correctly 
and that no misinterpretations are allowed so that those that are making the decision can gain the insight they need from the data that you present. Thank you for that. That clears it up completely. Now, my next question. Are you concerned about your own personal online privacy? Yes and no. How's that for a definite uh, non-committal answer? No, no, that's that's clear as mud, Joe. Appreciate it. All right. Okay. So the yes part of it is yes, concerned to the extent that I'm going to be cautious and take care. Uh, My password is not the word password or did you uh, change it because a lot of people change their password we went from password to the password or that's my right. password so or p-a-s dollar sign w-0-r-d you know <laughs> you're, you're stalking me now i know yeah, yeah right you know uh, so yes concerned in that i'm going to have either better passwords or more importantly more efficiently, I should say, uh, two-factor authorization, some type of password vault program like KeyPass or some some other similar thing. I don't want to be advertising one particular product over another, but that's not our purpose today. But anyway, you know, some kind of password management, um, two-factor authentication so that even if your password is discovered, then the person would also have to have your device. Right. So the two factor authentication, the uh, the authenticator is going to send you some kind of code or something via text message or SMS, whatever. And you've got to enter that code and it'll let you in. So you have to know not only the password, but also physically have the device with you to be able to get in. So so, yes, concerned in that sense that I'm going to exercise due diligence and caution by having a strong password, not something that is a word, but something that you have a balance between something that's easy enough for you to remember, but hard enough that nobody else can. It's something that only you know and nobody else does know, whatever. It, you know, it doesn't have to be 37 characters long, because especially if you combine that with the two-factor authentication, then, then you're golden. Well, then you're better protected. I'm not going to say gold. Yes, that's the yes part. The no part about it is that I'm not going to walk around like this, wondering who's going to get me next. <gasps> okay. In that sense, I, I'm not going to live in fear. You know, I'm not going to allow legitimate concern to paralyze me into not not socializing or not, you know, uh, have a total mistrust of every single individual I see. And, you know, I'm not going to smile at you when you smile at me because you could be a spy, you know, or whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to go to that extreme either. So that's what I mean when I say yes and no. Yes, I'll be cautious, but no, I'm not going to let it dominate me and live in constant fear. Because when you're living in constant fear, you only give your enemy another reason to lord it over you and to realize, ha, I have defeated you because I have succeeded in making you live in fear. I refuse to do that. I refuse to be defeated by that. I refuse to allow that to define me. Is all of this that's happened to us with the data? I mean, if, if I know people today who mm-hmm. who are still resisting computers. They're still <laughs> resisting, you know, a lot uh, of no. technologies that have come about. It, yeah, well, that, well, this is what they forget, though. Resistance is futile. You know, yeah, there you go. So the Borg would tell us, right? Yes. Anyway, go ahead. I'm, yeah, no, that's okay. And so... So I, and and in a very 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 slow, reluctant kind of taking on the 
the adoption process of technology as mm-hmm. if it's being shoved down their throat because there's nowhere to hide. You have to, you have to deal with yes, it. Yes, sir. Yes, so, sir. That's right. Now we go to the next question. Is this too much? I hear people talking about all the time about we need to have a data detox. Are you, you know, are you an advocate of this? You're going to love my answer. Yes and no. There he goes again. <laughs> all right. So I'll start with a no. No and yes. How's that? Okay. No in that you can't totally get away from from everything. I mean, you know, there there's still the matter of uh, uh you know, availability for emergency contact. Okay. There's still, uh, the, the necessity of, uh, you're in a place where you're not sure of the directions or how to get from point A to point B, you need the GPS, you know, whatever. So no, in the sense that I'm not going to cut myself off completely, but yes, in the sense of, yeah, we depend too much on these devices. You know, I mean, where is, sitting down with a friend and having a conversation instead of this number, right? Your, your thumbs are going like crazy. You can't even see your face because it's covered up by your phone. You got your nose in this stupid device. This stupid device means more to you than some friendship or guys, you're not looking at your wife. You're not talking to your wife. I mean, this is not a marriage counseling session. Yeah, because I'm today. afraid about what she's going to say. So I just need to check my messages real quick. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, detox in the sense of, yes, do not let this thing dominate you. Okay. Detox in the sense of, yeah, uh, my wife and I, for our anniversary, we uh, we went to the mountains of Virginia and, you know, we we cut ourselves off from, from but the funny thing, some of the places where we needed to go, we had never been to uh, uh, to to this particular city in Virginia, didn't know how to get there. So my laptop was out and, I, you know, sitting here Googling to make sure we know where we're going. And then we got it, shut the thing off, unplug it and don't even take another look at it. So, yeah, there's detox and then there's detox, you know. <laughs> so, well, the alternative to that, what you did with your laptop, that was clever, Joe, I appreciate that, was what I heard, not that I experienced it because I'm still a young chicken, but what yeah. I heard was back in the day, they used to have these big, long papers that were made by people called cartographers. And these... <laughs> <laughs> and these I know where you're going. These, and these and these showed not only cities in a particular country, but the names of highways and the roads, etc. And the male would normally dominant a person in the car would he would he, alpha male he would have to drive, and then he'd have his partner his wife over there reading the map. Well, some some wives did a great job reading the map. Yes. Um, my wife is one of them. And She's some, excellent with the and map. some husbands did a terrible job at listening to their wives. So yes, many when, husbands, <laughs> when, whenever they felt, whenever they felt that they could be just a little bit lost, the instinct was always step on the gas. You just go a little <laughs> bit faster. So we go another 10 miles down the road and we should be able to see a sign there. And this you think another 10 and then she's right. going off well i think you missed the turn back there when when you weren't listening to me i told you uh-huh right and then, then they're done that brother by the time you get to the hotel you realize that what you really need is a hotel room for her and a hotel room for you because <laughs> you're both teaming at each other because you got to blame who got each other lost right where would, where would we be i mean back in the days of daniel boone i mean 
It never came up. Exactly. Yeah, the maps are are, are awesome thing. And, and you know, and people these days, I think getting back to your detox question, um, that is an excellent way to judge your map reading skills. You know, I mean, you I don't even know. Can you still buy maps? Right. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, the rest stop at the um, whatever the, the state welcome center is about the only place that you can find, you know, these state maps. And they used to be these huge things. Now they're these little bitty, you know, you unfold them and, and they're like they're like this big. They used to be like this big. Right. So. So, yeah. Again, before GPS, yes, we we had maps and we read maps. We used maps and I was a Boy Scout. And that was one of the things that was taught, not how to find the GPS, but how to get from point A to point B using a map, you know, and, and, and we have forgotten many of those skills because we've become dependent upon the technological devices. So I suppose, again, with your detox question here is these devices make excellent servants, but they make awful masters, right? You know, it, it's just like money. You need money to pay your bills. You need money to take care of transactions and so forth, but do not let money be your master. Allow money to be, you know, you be master over your money. You take dominion over your finances. Don't let them have dominion over you. And, and I suppose with technology and with our devices and so use them as tools, don't let them dominate. And that's why, because we have let them dominate us and we become so dependent upon us getting back even further back in the conversation to what you said about the EM pulse and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's why such an event would be so catastrophic because such a huge majority of people have become dependent upon these devices we we become lazy you know we've we've lost our our sense of direction our our sense of uh you know uh, you ask somebody so you don't ask people anything anymore uh you know uh, when the, uh, you know when was lincoln assassinated you know april of 1865 well you didn't know that you just say oh uh, I don't remember. Let me see. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, April of 18. Right. You know, instead of relying upon knowing your history and getting taught things in school that you continue to refresh and or, things or, that you or, or, or you, you would go to back to the Google of the day, which was Encyclopedia Britannica. Yes. The library. Yeah, and you, you find you know, if one. you don't. You had, a, right. you, had, you had like an access card to get it. Yes. The, the card catalog to knowledge. Right. Yes. You know, so knowledge is there. I mean, sure, you just have a, a different tool, you know, a tool that you can hold in your hand as opposed to walking into a building. And I get that, you know, and, and I suppose people would rather have a tool that they can hold in their hand than a tool that they can. But then EM Pulse is going to is not going to stop the library from. Well, OK, yeah, it is because they're all full of computers now. <laughs> but, you know, back in the day, you, you, it, I bet you some people don't even know what a card catalog is. I just got reminded recently on a wonderful documentary on you know, uh, Egyptian history that mm -hmm. the libraries in Alexandria, which were the treasure of that civilization, Yes, they that they, day, right. they they reportedly housed all the knowledge of humanity, and so much so were they treasured and revered. They were guarded, 
and they actually had this famous lighthouse, which was the tallest building in the world at the time, right off the coast of Alexandria. Um, and mm-hmm. then that, that in itself was, was guarded so that they could protect the port because that's where uh, enemy ships might come in. And so they were all ready, and it was all set up just to protect their Fort Knox. It wasn't gold. It wasn't it was knowledge. It was knowledge. Exactly. And what we're yes, talking sir. about today is, you know, how much power knowledge has and how to interpret knowledge and how to read knowledge, how to protect knowledge, how how to not let knowledge overwhelm you, how how to respect it but back off from it, how to meet, be be your individual self and and right. know when to tap into it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And and tap into it in, in a way that uh, uh, that you can use it to better someone else's life and better your own life and, and, and enhance whatever it is that you need to know. So parting shots this morning. Uh, uh, for those of you listening, this is, this is a morning show with MJ and Dr. Joe. And we do this kind of lighter side thing. It's a little bit off topic. But today we decided to drill into Dr. Joe's field of expertise, although we took a little detour with Steven Spielberg. And by the way, Mr. Spielberg, thanks for dropping by. We always love nice to have you. you on the set. Steve's a nice guy. <laughs> He's awesome. And tell me what what's what's next? What's what's the next big thing? Well, next big thing, I uh, fly to Omaha to uh, to speak at a conference. Come back and uh, have a good time getting ready for the next one. <laughs> then uh, let's see, in another week, I fly to Vegas to speak at yet another one. Get to do a little bit of traveling and get settled back in. For a few weeks, I have a bit of a break, a few virtual things going on before the next round starts back up in November, giving me the opportunity to hopefully get some work done in my in my at my work. So that that's uh, that's an important thing to do as well. Until then, until next time, I salute you. I thank you. All my respect. Stay safe and uh, keep us all protected with that bit of knowledge that you have put into good use. Thank you, Dr. Joe. Thank you, Coach. Enjoyed it. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the mission. We welcome you to explore our next mission on Possible with Coach MJ. Welcome. Meet ordinary people who have achieved the extraordinary. Join us on the Mission Impossible show with Coach MJ. Like, comment, and share to inspire others to be possible today.